Hey, good morning, Metropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Charlie, after you, Junior. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Logged It. We're here for episode number 67. We're talking uh, SNL alums this evening, so movies that star people who were on SNL. Uh, I'm your host, Tim Bracala, for the evening. Uh, we got Payson Johnson filling in for Caleb Boatman. Payson, how you doing? I'm doing great. I didn't know I was filling in for one of the main hosts, but I'm down for the job. Thank you, Tim. You are. You are. That's what, that's your job. You you helped me with the letterbox page. You're 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 a third host under my impressions. Uh, then we got Kirk here. Kirk, welcome back. Uh, I haven't been on the show with you in a minute. How you doing? I'm glad, good. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to be closing out the season. Uh, it's been another great one, and uh, happy to be here. And Brooklyn, it's. Uh, I think last time you were on, we had you on for guilty pleasures, I believe. And then... I think, I think, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. I think this is the first time that I'm on here without Joseph Olavas or Garth or Garth McMurray. Even although Garth was Garth was supposed to be here, uh, so uh, I, I, my thoughts and prayers go to him and hope that he's feeling well. Um, but yeah, uh, this is always an exciting time in the community. Uh, everything is wrapping up. All all the big videos come out. Uh, it's just exciting. Yeah, it's really fun for those of us who, you know, are editing said videos. Uh, literally today, I was like, I, I had a really busy weekend, a uh, lot of family in town and doing some Thanksgiving stuff. And I opened up uh, the YouTube channel today and I went, there's a fan zone match that comes out in two days. I haven't edited it yet. Uh, so that was edited tonight when you see that uh, this this Thursday. Uh, number one contenders match, Bill Cariola, Brandon Cohen, fan zone debate. Uh, so uh, there's, my, there's my little plug. Uh, but like Brooklyn said and like Kirk said, this is the final episode of Logged It for the year. Uh, we will be back uh, next year in February uh, for season three of Logged It. So uh, this has been a lot of fun, but let's get into the show. We're going to kick it off the way that we do every single week, which is talking about our favorite movies that we logged this week. Payson, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, um, I think I'm going to be talking about two uh, 2022 releases I saw uh, this week. And the my favorite movie I saw this week, uh, Martin McDonough has a new movie out right now uh, called The Banshees of Inisherin. And I loved this movie. I love, I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths, but I really love Imbruge and I really love Three Billboards. I'd put this movie on the same quality, honestly. Um, in case anyone doesn't know, it's about uh, these two friends uh, who live on an Irish island. And one of them just, one, one of them plays Gleason, decides that he doesn't want to friends anymore with uh, the Colin Farrell character. And it's kind of about how, like, the Colin Farrell character is just, like, kind of just so horribly distressed about this. Like, what did I do? Why do you not want to be friends? And Brendan Gleeson's character is just like, I just want to focus on my art and I don't want to waste my time. Um, Colin Farrell is my favorite leading actor performance of the year. Like, if I were to hand out the Oscar right now, he would be the one I would give it to. He's just so, like... 
his character clearly like isn't like the brightest guy in the world, but he's so sincere and so genuine with everything he says, as which is why Gleason's character doesn't like him because he wants more of a like um intellectual conversations that he has every day instead of what Farrell always talks about. Uh I love how like the 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 lighting and like the mood of the filming sort of changes because like the the first half of this movie is sort of like darkly funny, uh like a lot of McDonough movies. And then as the movie keeps going on it gets more dreary and more depressing based on how um the psyche of the characters um changes. Uh, I think Carrie Condon, who plays Colin Farrell's sister, is excellent. Barry Keoghan uh, keeps on, to me, he's one of the best actors, like new actors working today. And he once again just sort of proves that uh, how good he is in this movie. Um, but yeah, this movie is just as disturbing as other McDonough movies. Um, it's just as well shot as them. Yeah, I really, really love this movie. And if it's in theaters near you, I really could not recommend this one more. Uh, it is not in theaters near me, unfortunately. Um, it, 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 the closest place is about an hour away, and um, I just got too busy to go see it. I believe its last day was uh, today at that theater, and so that, that wasn't going to happen. But uh, the good news is it uh, already got an announcement for a Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is coming out like the week before Christmas, uh, so it, it's a pretty quick turnaround. So I will be able to see it pretty soon, at least on Blu-ray, because I do really want to see it. Um, I really love In Bruges. I think In Bruges is awesome. I just rewatched it with Maggie, and it, it it's so great. It holds up. We talked about it on the show when it was the movie of the month. Uh, I think that movie is fantastic. I'm not huge on Seven Psychopaths, um, and I thought that Three Billboards was okay, but not the crazy Oscar winner that everyone else thought it was. Uh, but I'm very excited about this one because like I said, I loved in Bruges and those two actors working together with McDonough, I think is just gold. So I'm very excited to watch this. Uh, Kirk, have you seen this one yet? I haven't yet. I've been meaning to, um, I got some people who want to go to the movies and see it. And I have been able to get together with them. I uh, supposed to see it this weekend, had to go see something else by myself that no one else wanted to see. Um, but I am very much looking forward to it. Are you going to talk about that thing you're going to see that? Probably not, because it was kind of right in the middle. It wasn't favorite. It wasn't least favorite. What was it? The menu. Oh, fair. Fair. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brooklyn, have you seen this one yet? Uh, no, have not seen it. Uh, actually, our theater is closed right now for the next six months because uh, it got wrecked from a post-tropical storm. Uh, there's one that opened up like 40 minutes away, but it's just going to be a zoo. So like we... Like we got to, we got to the theater for the first time in a couple of months uh, this weekend over in a over in a neighboring province. Um, but yeah, recent releases are going to be a little bit tough for the for over the holidays. Yeah, that sucks, man. Uh, all right, let's go to Kirk. Uh, what is your favorite movie along this week? Um, I guess it's for his 80th birthday this month. HBO Max put a lot of his a bunch of his documentaries and non-narrative stuff on uh, online to watch on their web on their streaming service. Um, so I've been trying to get through some of those. And uh, the first one I watched was a uh, movie called Italian American. Um, basically, what this is, it's just a uh, documentary interview, uh, extended interview with uh, Scorsese's parents. Uh, you know, most famously, Catherine Scorsese, who's known as Tommy's mom from Goodfellas and in some of his other movies. Um, you know, you, you recognize her from that. Uh, but this just checked a whole lot of boxes for me. Um, 
first and foremost, uh, the two of them are basically the same generation as my Italian grandparents, and just listen to them talk. Sound very much like my grandparents. You know, they they tell the same kind of stories. They talk to each other the same way. They interact. They have the same outlook. Um, so that was just a lot of fun to see that. And um, that's where a lot of my love for mob movies and you know, specifically Italian-centric mob movies come from is just my connection and my love for that culture. Uh, you know, like the, the, the Italian immigrant culture and, you know, Italian culture in general. Um, so it was just a lot of fun to watch that, uh, you know, just them telling stories about themselves growing up in New York, um, you know, their families, their families come to America and that, that experience for them. Um, and like I said, my, my family has a lot of very, very similar stories. So that was a lot of fun. And just from a filmmaking perspective, as a fan of Scorsese, uh, it's a it's a it's a movie where you really can see the genesis. A lot of his work, you see where, you know, his kind of storytelling comes from where his, uh, you know, his dialogue and his characters come from. It's very much, um, like I said, it's, it, it's very much you see where, uh, you know, where growing up in this, in this family and in this life um, informed uh, his filmmaking. Uh, so as, as just a film of him and in movies in general, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, plus, it just ends uh, during the credits. Uh, throughout the movie, she's getting up from the interview to, to, to work on her sauce, to make sauce she's working on. And during the credits, they give the recipe for the sauce, uh, which is pretty awesome. So uh, Scorsese is a preservationist a lot of different ways. Um, but, yeah, I loved it. And like I said, checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, I love any time Catholic Scorsese shows up in his, her, his movies. I, he, I think the dad's been in some stuff, too, but not as, you know, how proud of she, uh, as uh, she's been. So, um, yeah, great. Uh, I think it's 50 minutes long. You know, real quick, I, I could have watched this for three hours. Um, but, yeah, if you're a fan of Scorsese, uh, or things Italian in general, I recommend it. Yeah, this was part of the Scorsese Shorts Criterion uh, Blu-ray. Uh, good, good pace. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, this was probably my favorite of the ones on that collection that I saw. Um, I also really like the Big Shave, but this is this is. I agree with you. A lot of the stuff that he um, talks about with his parents here is just really, really great. And it's just, uh, I don't have that same like familial connection to it, but just the fact that it's, you know, a young Martin Scorsese sitting down with his parents to talk whatever. And in like their living room and his parents like apartment in New York is like really fucking cool. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is a must watch. If you're a Scorsese fan, I would agree. Uh, Payson. I don't know, Kirk and Tim. Do I really want to watch a short from the number one gatekeeper of cinema today, Martin Scorsese, just talking about with his parents? Like, who wants to see that? Like, no, I'm kidding. This this sounds very interesting. I obviously have the Blu-ray with me right yet now. I have yet to watch them, but I've been wanting to watch them for a while. Uh, Brooklyn, what about you? I uh, haven't heard of it until right this second, uh, but it sounds very cool. Uh, you have me at Scorsese. Uh, he makes some uh, He makes some really good stuff. Yeah. All right, Brooklyn, let's go to you. What's your favorite movie along with you? Uh, so I joined a community uh, in like 2018, 2017 or whatever. Um, and even like whenever I was doing Jukebox or whatever, I had always hoped that a certain artist made a biopic movie. Uh, and this year that happened. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic got his own... Uh, got his own story weird in the Al Yankovic movie was my favorite movie that I logged this week um it's absurd 
it's absurd, but it's also like earnest uh, because it's very, it's very like aware and critical of how Weird Al got so famous. Um, but it's also like, it feels almost like a renaissance, I guess, of parody movies. Like I haven't seen a movie go this hard in terms of in terms of just the parody of it. Um, it makes a lot of sense though, because like if you like if you like Weird Al, like you're, like you're gonna you're gonna love this. Um, because it's very tongue in cheek. It has almost like an Anchorman vibe in the first act. Like there's some there's some pretty fun cameos in there. Um, there are some certain casting choices that you'll see that it's like, oh okay, this is the route that it's probably going to go in. Um, and then yeah, the only thing that I really have about it is that the ending is kind of uh, like like abrupt. I feel like it could have gone a little bit longer. Um, but otherwise else. Um, like it kind of, it kind of let me down in the sense that like I wanted to see like a, a traditional music biopic of just him like up, uh, trying to hit, like his upbringing and like all the songs or whatever. And this is quite that. But as I've stewed on it, it just makes sense that this is the movie that it's made, movie that that got made. Um, I also very much understand why this is not a theatrical release. Uh, this would never get put into a theater. I haven't seen it yet. I want to really bad. Uh, Boatman talked about it a couple weeks ago when it came out. Um, I've been looking forward to it, but I just haven't, I haven't gotten around to it yet. Uh, Payson, did you watch this? Uh, I have not, but yeah, just like you, Boatman has been telling me that I'm going to love it. So I really want to watch it. How do you watch this movie? Exactly. On, uh, on, like, on Roku on the, the, the legal way, the legal okay. way is to watch it on Roku. Um, but I cannot tell you yeah. of the illegal way. Uh, Kirk, what about you? Uh, yeah, I was homesick last week, and we ended up watching this, and I really liked it. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not a big fan of straight parody usually, and I know a lot of people are comparing this to Walk Hard. Uh, I think this is a lot better than Walk Hard because where Walk Hard is just like, hey, remember when this was in the in the, in the biopic? It's funny because we're showing it to you again. Uh, this is like very specifically like a Weird L type story. Um, I said in my review I would have double featured this with UHF because it has that exact same kind of like very like specific weird out craziness and zaniness. Uh, and, it, and it fits his like it's the kind of I couldn't imagine a you know, Brooklyn was talking about like seeing a straight biopic by him. I couldn't imagine what that looks like because if he's involved or if you want to make it feel like him, you have to do something like this. Um, and I think it was just 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 like the just the ridiculousness, like the fact that like there are certain songs that he just in this movie he made first and the original artist copied him and it was a big it, within the film it's a it's a big uh you know controversy um just think things like that are just a, a lot of fun it just i love there's uh like I, they do the cameo thing but i like the way they do it because like people are just there like they don't introduce them or say anything they're just there uh and then the the, the lip syncing i think on purpose is just really bad uh just like really obvious lip syncing um and de- um What's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is yeah. great in it. Um, I yeah. think he just completely captures the spirit of Weird Al and all the stuff they do. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, my favorite movie I logged this week. Um, by proxy, it's the only five-star I gave out this whole week. But uh, it's a great fucking movie, as Mike Hanley would say. is uh, getting prepped for Glass Onion tomorrow night, so I rewatched Knives Out. Uh, I am so excited that I get to see Glass Onion tomorrow night in a movie theater. Fuck you, Netflix. Uh, so I'm, ve- yeah. So we rewatched this on Sunday night, and it is it it's so good. Like I still love it. Like 
the like lately i've been watching so many new movies like i've been trying to like watch new stuff constantly and so the thought of like re-watching stuff lately has been like oh, i don't need i'd rather watch something new uh but within five minutes i was just hooked again like it's so much fun um I, daniel craig was like born to play uh benoit blanc uh or as uh i believe tony collette says in the movie mr blank uh is, is is just so good the cast is pitch perfect um the story's great the way it unfolds itself this is one of those movies where the first time i saw it i was like yeah it was good and then every time i watch it i just like it more and more like i i just think it's uh it's it's fantastic it's it's not the best screenplay of the 21st century or whatever the fuck co-host that on yls but uh it, yeah it, it, it's great nonetheless um i'm so excited to see glass onion i purposely stayed away from the trailers i know who's in it but that's about it so i'm i'm very excited uh payson what's your take on knives out i love knives out uh this is one i've watched a few times and it's one that gets better every single time um i think this and fantastic mr fox you can honestly um i think are like perfect fall movies like they just fit that vibe so vibe so well of just like if you're gonna watch it like watch it now it's like tis the season um yeah like i just bought my tickets for glass onion i'm seeing it this friday um, I'm super excited. I think Ryan Johnson's great. One of the better movies I watched this week uh, that I didn't talk about was The Brothers Bloom, which if you haven't seen that movie, it's about two con men, two con men siblings. But yeah, Knives Out is great. Uh, Kirk? I like it. Um, I don't love it as much as a lot of people in this community do. Um, I've only seen it the one time. I do want to rewatch it, and you know, I'd like to see it before I go into Glass Onion. Um, but I'm looking forward to that, too. I think it's going to be a pretty good movie. Brooklyn. I think this movie is very full of itself. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's it's a twist within a twist within another twist, or as they say, a donut hole within another donut hole. Um, it's, it, it's oddly predictable. Um, I just, I've learned that Ryan Johnson's a big fan of deception and it's just where it's just like, oh, it was this thing all along. And like, yeah, I, I don't understand I just don't understand why people think it's so like, like oh, it's so like like almost like like original, I guess in a way. But it's like yeah, because it goes it goes from this to this to this, and it's like okay, but the like but like the whole thing that you were selling it on wasn't that great. Like I think I just think the twist it I think the the big twist in it is not is not great. That's fair. Okay. Uh, so we're going to move on to the next part, our least favorite movies that we logged this week. Payson, kick us off. Yeah, um, this is not 100% my least favorite movie to talk about the most. Um, last night I just watched the fourth Fast and Furious movie. It's not the movie I talked about that was actually my least favorite. Not very good. But before that, I uh, went out to theaters to watch another Netflix movie, uh, like Glass Onion. Uh, it's called Bardo. Uh, Bardo is the newest movie by uh, Alejandro Giannuritu, Um and it did not work for me. Um, Iñárritu has won two Best Director Oscars back-to-back, -back, so it should be as no surprise that Netflix kind of just let him do whatever the heck he wanted with this movie, which sometimes, honestly, I like movies like that. Um, this one just didn't work. It's very much a like self-reflection movie. It's about 
about a Mexican documentarian that is uh, about to accept an award. And it is about him just mentally getting prepared to accept that award. Um, the movie has so many vignettes where you go inside of his head and like you, it's it's trying to do something artsy and I get what it's trying to do. It just was not working for me. Uh, I haven't seen Blonde, but I've heard comparisons between these scenes and certain scenes from Blonde where it just feels, it, it feels weird to be weird. Um, it looks very nice, like most of Inuritu's movies, but I think this is just a prime example of a movie just being too full of itself that I just did not like. And it's too long. It's two hours and 40 minutes. No reason for it to be this long. It could have been an hour and 45 minutes. Like, you could shave a good hour from all the things that I just don't think really add up to much. Yeah, I just was not a fan of this one. Yeah, um, I am excited to see it. Um I, I kind of forgot it was coming out. I'm not going to lie. Um, I love Birdman. I really do. I think Birdman is fucking incredible. Um, and, I, and I really like The Revenant for what it is. Like, I think people I think people gave that movie a little too much shit when it came out. Um, and I thought I, the only other one of his that I've seen is Babel, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, I, it, it's like a very impressive from like a filmmaking standpoint, but just didn't love, the, I, I didn't want to be depressed for 150 minutes and that's basically what it is. Um, and so when I saw that you logged this, I was like, Oh shit, I guess this is coming. I didn't even realize it was a Netflix movie. Uh, so I don't know. I will watch it. It's a, it, it's not English spoken, right? Uh, it's like kind of like it's 75 Spanish. It's 25% English. Okay. So uh, this is yeah. one I will not make Maggie watch for fear of uh, divorce. So because I don't even think she likes Birdman. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I will watch it because I'm interested in what he's doing as a director, and it's been so long at this point. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, you, you didn't do much to sell me on it. So uh, Kirk. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I love Birdman. Um, and based on the name, I'm curious to see what he's doing. Um, but the subject matter doesn't exactly jump out and grab me. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, it's one of those ones I'll probably catch at home, you know, once it's, you know, on Netflix, or whatever, um, you know, kind of work my way through it just to see what it's all about. Uh, Brooklyn? When I see this name, I feel like this is a this is a name for a team that's going to debut in Warzone sometime soon. I would ne I would never think that this is going to be a movie. Um, but yeah, it's um, in order to I've only seen I've only seen Birdman, um, and it was like it was really really cool. I like like you said music enough, um, but yeah, never heard of it until you talk about it right now. All right, uh, all right, Kirk, let's go to you. Um, yeah, I've been going through, as everybody knows, the older uh, Godzilla movies, Sub-T and I. Uh, so I've been trying to also catch up on the uh, the newer movies. And um, I finally got on my third try, because every other time I try to watch, I fell asleep on it. Wait, hang on. That's the one. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, I fell asleep on it twice, tried to watch this, and I finally powered through it. Uh, there's a reason I fell asleep. Uh, it's a pretty boring movie. Uh, it's Godzilla basically has a cameo in it. Uh, he's in it maybe 10, 15 minutes max. Uh, when he shows up, it's really cool. Uh, it's usually really dark, um, but it's still 
pretty interesting. Uh, the main monsters are just two other generic, uh, made up for the movie monsters that really don't have any personality, aren't any fun. Uh, the rest of it's about uh, uh, just uh, about uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch's alternate family, and um, <laughs> just I, I just like they're not they're not like really that interesting or. You know, there's really not a whole lot. Brian Cranston, uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say because the movie's about for a while. He dies like in the first 10, 15 minutes, and it kind of sucks Eight because like you kind of get you kind of get connected to his character, and then he's gone, and there's nobody else there for you to grasp onto. Um, so I said in my review, pretty much any time Godzilla's not on the screen, I'm, I was looking at my phone, and that was most of the movie. Uh, the last 10 minutes are pretty cool because, uh, like I said, Godzilla comes in and kind of wrecks house and does some cool stuff with his atomic breath oh. uh but um the rest of the movie not that great like i don't love i also watched um king of Mon- rewatch king of monsters it's another one i really don't like bad. but that one it at least improved like godzilla's in this and the, there's a lot of other cool monsters in it at least like it has a lot of problems but the monsters aren't a problem in that one uh this one um again i don't know why they call it godzilla uh the only great and i and i will use the word great the only great movie in this new monster verse is Godzilla versus Kong. That movie fucking rips. Uh, I will say today I was looking at uh, Brian Tyree Henry's Letterboxd um, to look through movies, and they already have a Godzilla versus Kong two Letterbox page. And if you go to it, the poster is King Kong like romantically leaning on Godzilla and underneath them is this, I would assume baby of Godzilla and Kong that has like a Godzilla head and like donkey arms and stuff really fucking weird. Whoever did that to the letterbox for that movie, my God, go check it out. Um, But anyway, uh, this movie, uh, I have a fun story about it. Uh, The first weekend I worked, at the movie theater uh, was opening weekend of this movie. And the first customer I helped on the register came up to me and said, I would like a large popcorn and three cheese cups. (laughs) And I said, okay. And he said, now here's what you're going to do. He said, here's what you're going to do. Get me the cheese cups. I got him the cheese cups. And then he's like, I want you to put some popcorn in the book, in the, in the bin. So I put some popcorn in the in the tub, and then he poured the cheese cup in the tub. I filled up more, so he was layering cheese in the popcorn. First weekend I worked at the theater. I don't know how I'm still doing it to this day after that experience, but uh, this movie's fine. I really liked it when it when it came out because there was a giant lizard that ripped open something's jaw and breathed fire down it. Uh, and that was fucking cool. But ever since Age of Ultron, I can't watch that. Like, they almost have sex, and their brother and sister. And I can't, I can't do it. I can't fucking do it, guys. It's, it's. I've seen Age of Ultron like thirty fucking times, and I, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Uh, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, but I do like you're right. The Godzilla shit is cool, and I remember seeing it the first time, um, and it was really dope. The actual like. I liked the tease of Godzilla the whole time. Um, 
like when the doors are closing and he's coming in and uh you or you see him quick on like uh on a tv screen or something like the anticipation was awesome the first time but every other time since then it's been like come on let's just fucking get there so yeah i get it when people say they don't like it i think it's like a three-star movie maybe if i rewatched it today but uh payson what do you think about this one yeah, I enjoy this one. Um, I've only seen it the one time in theaters, but it was a great experience, so I'm sure that definitely colors it for me. Um, yeah, I think like uh, you two just said, when Godzilla is on screen, I am 100% invested. When it's not dealing with anything other than Brian Cranston, I really don't care that much. Uh, the one thing I do disagree... Um, and I'll be the odd man out. I I really like Godzilla King Monsters. Like to me, that like the version of this that was that one wasn't a that one didn't feel embarrassed to be a monster movie. And I really appreciate that. Um, but yeah, this one I think is fine. Uh, Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. So what makes it weird is that like. Um, sorry, to go off on the Marvel tangent, is that Scarlet Witch Quicksilver actually have a relationship in one of the universes. Makes it that fucked up. Uh, but yeah, still haven't, I haven't seen this movie. Um, I was still on a Brian Cranston, and then when it was like, oh, he, he dies 10 minutes in, because like, um, there's actually a really good channel, Screen Rant, uh, does really good like pitch meetings of, of various movies. He does one of this, and it's, and, and it's great. It's a great little like catch me up. Uh, did you, were you guys able to see the uh, the Godzilla versus Kong thing I was talking about? Uh, not yet. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna share it. It's I'm called Godzilla and Kong, right? That's the name of it. I, I'm gonna so on Letterbox, it's called Untitled Godzilla versus Kong sequel. I'm gonna pull it up on screen right now. Uh, this is what the poster is. It looks incredible. Maggie wants. Is that fake? Yes, but like I. So that's that's what it is. So he's got like a bunch of weird monkey arms and like a fucking tail, and they're like leaning. It's 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 really weird. But somebody took the time to make that and make it the letterbox poster for it. So you know, whatever. Each his own. Brooklyn, what was your least favorite movie log this week? All right. So plan of plan at the start of the week was to talk about Black Panther: Wakanda Forever and talk about my concerns of that movie. Uh, then I watched a movie that would have fit for this list in SNL alums. Uh, I tried to see if it would get better on rewatch, uh, and it technically kind of did, uh, but not in the reasons that I expected. Uh, I watched uh, Eurovision, uh, the, the the saga or whatever. Um, but this movie is basically like a hamburger from like a Ma and Pa restaurant. Like the like the bun is good, the ingredients are good, like the lettuce, tomato, and the sauce is good, but the actual meat of it itself, Will Ferrell, is just dry, under seasoned, and just I could could be replaced with like something better. Um it's it's so weird uh that this like that this movie even got made knowing like how Will Ferrell had a, had a bit of a downfall. Um, but like, like honestly, everything else around him is great. They're kind of, kind of like the Smiths. Um, like Rachel McAdams is great. Pierce Brosnan is, is great as great as his dad. Um, the, 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 I want, like, I want Yaya Ding Dong guy. Um, I mean, he turned into a meme. So that's, that's how, that's always great. Was it Dan um, Stevens? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm no Warzone player, but 
I feel like. Um, but yeah, um, I like the I like the music in this and like just the differing styles uh, of it and whatnot. Like the mashup is kind of cool um, throughout the middle, but um, this is weirdly written, I guess. And like like the plot holes are just glaring, but like it also just doesn't like it doesn't make sense. Like they they very much so lean on how bad will Farrell's character is and that like they just don't deserve to be there and it just kind of gets tired tired after a while um and then yeah like onto will Farrell himself he's just kind of doing the same same dumb man child thing that he's been doing since since pretty well stepbrothers um but yeah i'm i'm glad because i'm glad because of the music and just how fun it was to go back to that but um i would love to see an edit of this where there's just where there's no will Farrell trying to be funny um, I remember liking it when I saw it. Um, I didn't love it. I think I gave it like a three. Um, I thought Rachel McAdams was very good. The song in this movie is the the is it Yasevic or whatever that is is at the end is fucking awesome. Uh, that song is incredible. Um, but yeah, you know it, it is it, it's fine. Like I I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Um, I didn't think anything too bad about will ferrell so uh maybe i'm misremembering the movie but yeah it's it's whatever i'm not, i'm probably never gonna watch it again but if somebody turned it on i wouldn't be mad uh Payson. yeah um yeah i haven't seen it so i don't know what i was gearing up for <laughs> okay fair uh kirk uh i haven't seen it but the way uh brooklyn described it sounds very much just like a very typical bad will ferrell movie yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Okay, uh, I guess it is my turn to go. So uh, I watched uh, today a 2022 film. Surprisingly not the worst of the year for me, uh, but uh, it was close. Uh, I decided to torture myself with pain and watch Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. This is what pain is. Uh I, I question if I've ever seen the first Hotel Transylvania. I think I have, but I've definitely seen the second and the third ones at the theater because I've worked there since. And then this was like, I need something that's 90 minutes. Opened up Amazon Prime. It was on there. Watched it. Uh, Adam Sandler isn't Dracula anymore. Okay, that sucks. Kevin Dr- James wasn't even the fucking like mummy dude anymore. Or which are there? I think he was Frankenstein, maybe. I don't remember. Uh, but he wasn't there anymore. This is weird. Yeah, Basically, the, the whole shtick is that there Van Helsing makes some sort of like thing that turns the monsters into people and the people into monsters. So Andy Sandberg becomes a monster and Dracula becomes a human, and uh, hijinks ensue. And I did not crack a smile once. Uh, and I actually liked the third one. I thought Summer Vacation was fun. Like I remember seeing that movie in the Maggie in the theater with Maggie, and uh, we we had a decent time watching it. Like it was entertaining. And this was just pain, pain, pain. Not funny. Uh, does nothing new. Bad, bad animated family movie. Bad shit. Uh, Payson, have you watched this? I have not. I did not hear great things. Uh, Kirk. I have not seen it. Uh, I've seen the first three, and um, they get worse as they go along. Uh, so no one in the family should any real interested in see this one. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut about it. 
That's fair. Brooklyn, what about you? Uh, I have not seen it. This is Amazon Prime exclusive, correct? If I'm not yes, mistaken. it was supposed to be in theaters, but then they canceled it and put it on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, these kind of movies remind me that COVID was a thing and that people were isolated and that celebrities needed to make money. It's like, hey, you want to do some voice acting? Uh, and there was like just a fuck ton of animated movies that came out during this time. And this is uh, this is one of them. Yep. All right. All right. That's going to do it for our least favorite movies that we logged this week. Uh, so we are going to sub T says you watched it. I didn't watch it. They must have watched it without me. Oh. Thankfully, I appreciate them keeping me not involved. There, I was. I was not there. I'd never seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So maybe you were in the room, but you were watching Goodfellas. On your yeah, laptop. I my phone. You're watching Goodfellas on your laptop. Yeah, <laughs> while everyone else is watching Transformania. Uh, all right, so we're going to move on uh, to our uh, topic for the night, SNL alums. Uh, Payson, I want you to kick us off for this. Yeah, so uh, Brooklyn talks, uh, talks about what uh, he'd be a bad movie. Uh, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite ones. Uh, we're coming in close to Christmas time. It's maybe my favorite Christmas movie, not the best, but my personal favorite. Uh, I love Elf. I think Elf is so much fun. Uh, this was the first major starring role he had when he left SNL. And I think once this movie came out, I think everyone realized, oh, this guy can absolutely lead comedies. Uh, I think Will Ferrell is so good as Buddy the Elf. He, he's so endearing. He's so charming. Just every little like thing he does, just... Um, just oh world's great greatest cup of coffee guys you finally did it i'm so proud of you i just love moments like that uh the movie just screams christmas like every single like frame of this movie just gets me into the holiday spirit i love the little like relationship he has with jovi uh the end of the movie ending with everyone just like singing carols uh rest in peace to the great james con uh just done with everything in this movie and him slowly realizing joy. Uh, yeah, I I love I I love it. Also, rest in peace to Bob Newhart, I believe, right? Bob Newhart passed oh, yeah. away. Oh, yeah. I could be it is is Bob Newhart alive? I'm not, I think Bob Newhart's dead. That's the thing. Every year, I think when me and my family watch this movie, we're always like, Man, we miss Bob Newhart, and then we realize he's still alive. Is yeah, Bob Newhart is still alive, he's not. Ninety-three years old. Oh my god! Ninety-three years old. Yeah. I thought he was dead too. Well, sorry, Bob Newhart, wherever you are. Uh, no, this movie's great. Uh, I just, uh, I just watched on Netflix the movies that made us. Uh, it, three seasons. They go through a bunch of really famous pop culture icon movies, and they did two, like a few holiday episodes. This was one of them, and uh, the making of uh, is really, really interesting. There was a while where they were shooting um everything with both the green costume and a red costume because it was looking like they weren't gonna what was it was a blue it was blue uh because they weren't gonna get the rights to the uh the whatchamacallit the um rankin bass cartoon right, rankin bass thank you um and so yeah, just really, really cool stuff on the making of. But the movie itself is great, too. It just came out on 4K, so Maggie and I are going to give it a watch for the holidays because uh, it's been a few years since I've seen it. But um, really, really good stuff. Yeah, love this one. Uh, Kirk? 
Uh, really solid holiday movie. Kind has run its course for me. Um, I remember this came out uh, almost 20 years ago now. First time I saw it, loved it. Um, every year, watched it. Past couple years, though, just it's kind of been one of those ones where it's like, oh, you know, it's December 27th. We didn't watch Elf and no one really, um, you know, noticed. Uh, so it's not it's not a bad movie, and like I mean I totally understand if if you love it and you, you watch it, and like I don't dislike it. You know if it's on, you know if it's on basic cable, and I'm sitting there, I'm I'm going to probably sit through it. But it's not like has it been a, a real go to for the past couple of years. Brooklyn, what about you? Uh, yeah, this is this is turned into a Christmas classic uh, in less than twenty years. Um, this one that's thrown on, thrown on every year. Uh, I mean, it's John Favreau, so uh, it's always, it's, it's always been a plus for me. Uh, very quotable. I think this is my, this movie uh, gave a question for two weeks trivia night, and it's my favorite answer. Uh, buddy, hi, or Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Um, and it's just like, it's just the little, the little kind of whimsical stuff like that. Oh, and sorry, also, uh, what Garth is saying, that scene uh, with uh, Will and Zoe singing in the bathroom, say what you will about the song, but I think I think that was just very, very sweet. I would agree. All right, Kirk, let's go to you. Okay. Um, ironically, and I guess it's a good time of year for it, I'm also going to go with a Christmas movie. Um, this is a go-to every year Christmas movie for me, uh, Scrooge, story of Bill Murray. Um I've I love this movie. Um, I think this is really gr- just a great use of Bill Murray's type of you know style of comedy. And you know, as we're learning more things about the real Bill Murray, Bill Murray um, this may not be as fictional as we think it is. Um, but it's a great character. It's just a great update. It's one of my favorite versions of Christmas Carol. Um, I love how they update like the industrial like industrial revolution british age of the original and turn it into like 80s media it has like this real like verhoven vibe to it where it just like completely like just takes everything good out of the holiday and just completely commercializes it um and then you know kind of learning through that and using the tv uh special as kind of the backdrop for the whole thing um the the supporting cast is great uh uh, Buster Poindexter as the ghost of Christmas Past, who's also has SNL connection. He was the uh, bad leader back in the '80s. Um, you know, he plays the cab driver Ghost of Christmas Past, so good. Uh, Carol Kane, just you know, as uh, Christmas Present, oh. just beating the crap out of Bill Murray. So much great physical comedy. Uh, Karen Allen plays the girlfriend, like she plays kind of the one that got away, and she's so good in this. Uh, directed by Richard Donner, who also did Superman. If you listen to anything behind the scenes or you know commentary about uh, with Donner on Superman. He talks about how much he loved Margot Kidder, and that shows the way he shoots her in those movies. And he kind of shoots Karen Allen the same way, where you kind of like fall in love with her the way Bill Murray did, just by the way they like she just, just when she shows up and how she shows up and how she shot. Um, so just a great Christmas music, uh, Christmas movie. Um, you know, uh, they kind of split Bob Cratchit up into two different characters, and I think it's done really well. Uh, the Tiny Tim's really good. Um, so yeah, I love this movie. Again, this is what I watch every Christmas, and um, it's it's I think it's underseen and underrated. Uh, yeah, I know I saw this when I was uh, younger, but I haven't seen it in years, so it's definitely one I need to rewatch because I do like variations on the story, uh, the Christmas Carol story, um, and uh, Donner directing bill murray in, in the lead yeah i i really i should like this so i i i'll rewatch it eventually so i can give it a fair shake uh payson 
Yeah, uh, I love this one just as much as Kirk. I think this is uh, an excellent uh, adaptation of the Christmas Carol story. Um, for her mentioned her, Carol Kane to me is like, her scenes are hilarious as the ghost of Christmas present. Like, that's always a fun character to do. And I think the way how this movie portrays her is uh, great. Uh, one of my favorite bits of this movie, and it's not, maybe it was intentional, maybe it's not. But when they flash back to the past and you see 18-year-old um, Bill Murray, Bill Murray's supposed to be playing an 18-year-old, and they don't even try to make him look younger. Like, they just put, like, long hair in a ponytail, and I just think that's hilarious. And uh, uh, But um, I would put up there with George Bailey running down when he um, saying good morning, everyone. I would put Bill Murray's final speech on the broadcast of saying, like, this is what Christmas means up there with how much, how emotional I get with that scene. Uh, Brooklyn. Uh, haven't gotten around to this one. All right. Fair. Uh, all right, Brooklyn, let's go to you. Um, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go with this one. Um, when I think of SNL, I think of the great 90s runs uh, and just the stacked actors. We talked about, talked about some of them already, Will Ferrell, Adam Sandler. Uh, but there was a great Canadian fella that was on there uh, by the name of uh, Mike Myers. Uh, and he was joined by uh, another SL, SNL alum, Eddie Murphy, to make uh, one of the greatest animated movies ever. Uh, that is Shrek uh, on VHS. Um you just you, you forget that sometimes like 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 I did not realize that this fit into the criteria until about a couple hours bef before the show, um, but it's just it's awesome. Like it's we were talking about parody earlier, and it's kind of like a parody slash satire of like of Disney, uh, and just kind of like the 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 overlords that, that they, they can be at time. Uh, Lord Farquaad as an adult is is a fantabulous name because uh, it just it is the 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 way that you could say fuckwad without actually saying that. Um, but I just, I love the, all like all the little characters in this are, are, are great. Uh, and I just like the, like the fairy tale is, it kind of brings it like it's, it's familiar and, cl and close and close in that sense where you're not having to introduce like this entirely like unique story uh, with all these, with all of these characters. Like obviously you have Shrek and Shrek and donkey and like Fiona and Lord Farquaad and the rest of them. Um, but just like just great scenes, like I quote, "Do you know the Muffin Man?" Uh, probably every month, uh, just for just for my own health. Um, but I mean, it's one of the it's one of the great debates of, in this community: Shrek on VHS or Shrek Two on DVD. And I pick Shrek on VHS. Um, I pick both films on 4K personally, but that's I, I, I mean. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because the trick two came out on 4K today and I watched it today, uh, which is funny. Uh, I love this movie, though. I, I think at the end of the day, I do like this one more because I like the story of Shrek just, you know, becoming a um, being able to love and all that gooey, ooey stuff and donkey and the, the, the beginnings of the relationships. Shrek two, I think, is the funnier movie. I think there's more laughs to be had in Shrek 2, uh, but I like Shrek 1 the most, and it, it's it's just a really great comedy, and it absolutely uh, fits the criteria, so great shit. Uh, Payson? I think this is a great choice. Uh, I am a Shrek 2 over Shrek um, guy, but I do still think 
the first Shrek is great. Um, and yeah, uh, picking this as an SNL alum really makes sense because, in my opinion, Eddie Murphy kind of steals the movie. And so does Mike Myers. What am I talking about? I'm an idiot. Uh, so yeah, so you have two great uh, SNL performances in there. And yeah, just all-time iconic soundtracks. Like you got uh, I'm On My Way. You have All-Star. You have Bad Reputation. Great movie. Uh, do a meme episode. That would be funny. I, I agree with you, Sub-T. Yeah, I agree with Sub-T. That's, that's a good topic idea. Do a, a movies where there are popular memes. I, I like that. I like that idea. We could get, we could get Spider-Man on there. Uh, there's, there's lots of stuff. Uh, okay, uh, Kirk, Shrek, what do you think? Uh, when I saw that Brooklyn was going to be on the episode today, I knew we were going to get a Mike Myers movie, and I feel bad because I'm not a big Mike Myers fan. Uh, but I'm glad he, I, I'm glad he picked this one because there's much worse he could have picked. Um, that oh, said, yeah. I don't love Shrek. Um, I was a little older when this came out, so I didn't have like the childhood connection to it. Um, and by the time I had seen it, it had been kind of like memed out and everything. So um, not the animated movie for me. Fair. Def- definitely shouldn't have won the Oscar over Monsters Inc. That's what it'd be, right? That's yep. I, yeah, I agree yep. That. Trust. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to go for a bit of an, an obscure one, but I'm not a huge SNL person. So, like, I've never, like, watched the show religiously or anything. Like, I know who SNL people are because, like, I might see clips on YouTube. So, like, I actually had to do a bit of digging to be like, okay, what really qualifies for this? Had no idea this person was on SNL that leads this movie no clue but i love the movie and i saw that he was on snl and i said we're going for it it's 2017's uh brigsby bear i doubt anyone has seen this unless kirk gave a nod so kirk might have seen it uh this was my uh like number two or three favorite movie of 2017 uh really really tiny movie if you haven't seen it highly recommend it i don't want to give too much away from the get-go because this movie like blew my mind when I saw it and it's, it's genuinely heartfelt, very funny. Kyle Mooney is the actor who's on SNL, I guess. And I think he's also a writer. Uh, But basically the general concept is that uh, going into it is that like, and what the trailers told you, if you don't watch the trailers, just watch the movie. But what I knew about it going into it was that basically Mark Hamill plays uh, Kyle Mooney's dad and they live in like an underground bunker. They can't go outside uh, for some reason. And uh, his favorite like character is this character called Brigsby Bear. It's basically like a Barney-esque character uh, that he watches the videotapes of. It's an educational thing. And uh, the movie gets complicated from there, but that's like the setup. And you should watch it because it's perfect. Uh, I really, really love this movie. I saw it in the theater with Maggie and like wept like the whole 90 minutes. And she was like, yeah, it was okay. And I just like cried the whole time. thought it was fucking incredible. Uh, so great movie. Uh, definitely check it out. But like I said, I don't spoil anything because I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Um, but it is definitely worth watching. It has a lot of good surprises in it. Uh, and it's honestly, there's a lot about filmmaking and film in it um which tugs at a lot of people in this community's heartstrings obviously so uh if you're even remotely interested in like making movies stuff like that the the behind the scenes stuff or like that like drama of making your own thing like go watch this uh payson have you seen it i have not i vaguely heard about it but your pitch really really sold me that's what i like to hear kirk yeah i've seen it um i won't give anything away either 
Um, but I'm I'm a big fan of Kyle Mooney's like just his his sense of humor and like his style of comedy, and uh, I think he like just a whole movie of that in this scenario. Like I think this is the perfect movie for him to make. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Brooklyn, have you seen it? Uh, no, haven't heard of it. Uh, but I uh, echo Kirk's statements. I love love Kyle Mooney. He he has a very Boatman style humor. I would I would say. Uh, so it's I. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Payson, you go next. All right. I may be cheating a little because uh, this certain SNL alum is not the lead of this movie, but I'm still going to pick it. Uh, Maya Rudolph. Very funny woman. Uh, She has a long-term boyfriend. His name is Paul Thomas Anderson. And uh, Paul Thomas Anderson has put Maya Rudolph in uh, smaller parts of his movies. So yes, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to talk about Licorice Pizza. Right. No? Because I can pick something else. You you can pick whatever you want. Is this what you're picking? Yes. Okay, this is what you're picking. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to talk about, uh, I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about a movie I've not yet, not yet talked about, on show, surprisingly enough, uh, I like this movie. Uh, it's one of the greatest uh, vibes movies of all time of just, like, capturing an era and, like, what it felt to just, like, live there. Um, I love... Um, I think Alana Heim was such a revelation in this movie. Uh, you talked... Kirk talked earlier about, like, what you can tell when, like, a director really loves like an actor or an actress and you can tell the way how paul thomas anderson films her how much care he puts into her i I love the character of gary just this like go-getter guy who also is like super full of himself uh just the relationship they like carry throughout the movie i think is uh really really great um just the music the style of it all the little like vignettes like i love uh bradley cooper's uh as john cooper um um his like scene I love uh, Sean Pennish, Jack Holden, who's clearly William Holden. And just like every time I think about this movie, I, I just get good feelings and just how much fun I had watching this movie. Maya Rudolph has a very, very small part in it. So uh, I know this is a big cheat, but I've wanted to talk about this movie all year. And I'm finally going to use this to talk about it. I mean, hey, man, that's fair. Like, you do what you do. I'm not going to be like Cody on YLS or Kirk on YLS and be like, this doesn't count. Uh, you can do whatever you want. I've always said that on the list. I don't think it fucking counts, but I get your point. Uh, I get what you're doing, uh, and that's fine. It's it's a. I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of last year. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I know that. I hope Kirk's headphones are in so his wife doesn't hear us talking about this film because I'm pretty sure she like hated this movie more than anyone on the planet. Uh, but I really love the movie. Uh, uh, when we walked out and Maggie went, I didn't hate it. I like jumped for joy and cheered to the skies licorice pizza. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I agree. Um, Alana Haim is like amazing in it. Um, and yeah, it, it's great. I've talked about it a lot over the last year on the show, on this show and on YLS. Uh, yeah. Cody's absolutely correct. Uh, but uh, yeah. Kirk, what do you think? Uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, not my favorite PTA, but it's uh it was, I had a, it was a good time at the movies. Um, yeah, I love how the, just like the vignette style of it kept it moving. It was really well paced. 
um, obviously Bradley Cooper steals the show. Like his part is like the best. He's 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 the highlight of the movie. Um, I love the part with Sean uh, Sean Penn and Tom Waits. Uh, they were both really good in it. Um, but yeah, just the two leads. They were just interesting and, and fun to watch. And um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what they both do next because um, I think they're both you know uh, exciting young rising stars. Um, but no, like I don't I, I don't have the, the the passion for it. The pacing does, but I thought it was still pretty good. Brooklyn. I uh, haven't seen it. I think I think licorice is kind of gross. So even on pizza, it's just worse. Um, but it's glad to, it's glad to know that I am on a show like this, and I won't have the most sideways answer. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Kirk, we're gonna go to you. Okay, if we're doing this, then I'm just gonna go with the glorious bastards, right? That's that's the pick. <laughs> Mike, Mike Myers in that for like five minutes. I love Mike Myers. Um, no, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make another pick. Uh, I like when um, I like seeing comedic actors from SNL uh, take a dramatic turn, and the more like kind of like silly and goofy they were as a comedian, the more interested I am in seeing what they do dramatically. Um, and I was really surprised and impressed when I watched this movie. I'm gonna pick Nebraska, story you know, Will Forte. Um, little movie, um, not a lot of people talk about, uh, but basically he plays, uh, Bruce Dern's son. Uh, Bruce Dern is, uh, he's not, he doesn't, I don't think he necessarily has dementia, but he's getting old and he gets easily confused. And, um, he gets like basically like a, like a publisher's clearinghouse type letter saying he won a prize and it's obviously a scam, but he thinks he won all this money. And, um, so his son basically is like, okay, I'll take you. He has to drive to. Um, I don't know if it's from Nebraska or to Nebraska to, to claim the prize. Uh, but uh, uh, so he, so it's like kind of like them, you know, he's going to use this opportunity to reconnect with his dad. And they do, like his dad, they, they, they've had issues and problems with their family. June Squid plays the mom. She's really good. Um, and it's just about them kind of bonding on this trip. They go back to their hometown. Uh, reunite with their family and it's just like kind of like you know he just has like the worst family the worst cousins who are just getting on his case like their whole thing is like you know they're making fun of him for how long it took him to drive you know from from his hometown and uh you know just and there's like some really funny moments oh, who plays his brother um somebody famous plays his brother i can't remember who but um just is some it, really good uh, moments like i said re- is it bob re- odenkirk yeah but bob odenkirk plays his brother plays his brother they have some really good scenes together um and it's just him, his dad, it's like, you feel bad for the dad because the dad goes back. It's like, hey, look, you know, he becomes like the town hero again because like, oh, look, you know, hometown boy does good. He won all this money and then they find out it's fake. And, you know, he got, you know, there's like people in the town who bully him and he's got to stand up for him. And um, Will Forte is really good in it. Like he's funny, um, but it's not like typical Will Forte humor. It's very, it's more like, you know, grounded reality, but it's still... Um, a lot of fun, and Bruce Stern's always great, especially play, when he's playing like an ordinary old man, which he does really well in this. Like I said, June Scrooge is great as a mom. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's it's not a movie people see a lot, but I definitely recommend it. I think it's worth checking out. Um, just a really sweet, and a great ending too, the way it ends when they finally like kind of resolve the whole contest thing um, is done in a really cool way. So uh, one, if you haven't seen it, definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, I definitely saw it when it came out, but I need to revisit it because um, it was it was up for a, a few awards, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and so uh, I, I'm not huge on Alexander Payne. Like I I liked uh, um, the Descendants. Um, I haven't seen Sideways, which is a big blind spot of mine. Um, and I, I 
absolutely hated downsizing. I think that movie is a fucking travesty. So like, I don't, I haven't had much of a, I haven't had much of a reason to go back to the ones that I have seen, but um, maybe I do need to give it a rewatch because everybody who has logged it on Letterboxd, it seems to have liked it quite a bit. So uh, Payson, what do you think of this one? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen it. I'm two for three on the Alexander Payne I've seen. I love sideway election. Uh, downsizing makes me wish I was downsized and someone could step on me. But uh, I've actually heard uh, this movie's really good, and I do want to watch it. Brooklyn. Yeah, the only reason that I know of this movie's existence is hearing it on the Oscar night that it was, that it was on. Um, but yeah, I, is this also in black and white? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I will say too, like it doesn't feel super Alexander Payne. So if you're not a big fan of him, don't let that hold you back. It, it doesn't have like it's not like a. I would say it's like a trademark Alexander Payne movie. There you go. All right. Uh, Brooklyn, let's go to you. Um. So yeah, I don't feel as bad for for cheating on this one. I almost wasn't going to pick it because of that, and then Payson threw out Liquor's Pizza, and I'm like, all right, anything's fair game now. So I would argue that uh, the the that they they don't they're not the, like the lead actress, but they definitely lead in a different way. And I'm talking about Tina Fey. Um, and Tina Fey wrote Mean Girls, uh, and is also co-starred. I, I this is you. Her writing it, I think, makes it. I think makes this a lot more. Yeah, like I'm, I'm. You're good. Let's yeah. let's also show the proper respect to Tim Meadows, please. Well, absolutely, Tina Fey, Tim Meadows, and Amy Poehler as as well. Um, but it's just like you think about like the the debate between like Anchorman and Step Brothers as like the more quotable movie, and then you have this, and it just sails like right over top of it, and it's just it's crazy that like that we that we still quote this movie and talk about it. It's like what's a uh, Nice wig. What is it made of? Your your mom's chest hair. Uh, just like those sharp little quips like that, I think is great. Like Lindsay Lohan is the lead in this, and is literally being carried by Tina Fey's script. I think for a lot for a lot of this, um, I think uh, I think it just really does a good it does a good job of like ta- tackling like high school and just how how the clickiness of it can kind of relate to uh, to these to these animalistic tendencies and, and, and nature and nature of whatnot. And just all the characters that it creates, like Regina George is a fucking bitch. Uh, and you're there and you're there for every moment of it until she actually like kind of gets a come up. And so then you're like, maybe that was a little bit too far. Um, but like Amanda Seafried is great, is great in this. Um, Friggin' like Lacey, Lacey Chabert as like the, like kind of like the pretentious entitled, like, daughter of a of a business mogul um like the toaster strudels i think i think it was that they were that they were behind um but yeah i think this is a i think now i consider this is like an under talked about movie um but back like i think like like in the early 2010s or whatever this was i think this was more highly praised i love that this came out the same year as the notebook and that Rachel McAdams just like had a cr- like crazy year, but she plays like high school. Like, are they seniors in this movie or are they juniors? Uh, they are, yeah, no, they're seniors because it all ends at like with like prom and stuff. Yeah. So the fact that like she was in both of those movies at like the same time is very funny to me. Um, but 
yeah, no, I really like this movie. I, I didn't grow up with it. Um, like it came out and I was watching like Anchorman and, and, and those movies and I wasn't watching this one, but I saw it when it came out. I liked it. Um, but it's one that I only watch like every like five years or so. Like I've only seen it a handful of times. So I don't have that like huge replay value to it. Uh, I did just rewatch it earlier this year. Maggie and I double featured this in Easy A. And that was, that was a fun night. Uh, but yeah, th th it's really good. It's very entertaining. Uh, the script is fantastic. My favorite line, which I put in my review, was, uh, do you want to do something fun? Do you want to go to Taco Bell? Uh, like, I love that. That makes me laugh. Uh, but yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, very enjoyable. Payson, what do you think? It's like I have ESPN something. No, uh, this movie, I think, is great. Uh, Taylor showed it to me for the first time this year. And I had a lot of fun. Um, I think the whole cast is great all around. I think Amanda Seyfried may be playing my favorite role in the movie. She's just so dumb. But she's so funny with every line she says. Uh, like Kirk said, respect to Tim Meadows. He's giving, like, just, I, I, I should cancel the prom. Unfortunately, we already paid the man. So just, like, coming in every line. Lizzie Kaplan, I think, is great. Uh, it really just sort of, like, really, like, heightens the high school, like, nature of, like, like how people like, cannibalize themselves in order to be, like, popular. But, no, I, I think this movie is really, really funny, really heartfelt. And I said in my review, I still stand by it. The second best high school 2004 comedy released in 2004. I don't know what else. What was the other one? Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon. Oh, fair. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Kirk. Um, yeah, I I don't think this is as big a stretch as Brooklyn seems to think it is. Um, I think, you know, there's there's very a lot of SNL reputationists uh, or representationists. And I think it's Tina Fey's script that set this movie apart. It's very easily could just be any other generic, crappy teenage movie that's kind of written from the perspective of the teenagers, has it like limited scope to it. But I think the fact that this is Tita Fey, like as her adult self looking back and filtering through that, I think that's what makes this movie so great and makes the script so good. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I, I agree with Pace. I think it's second to Napoleon Dynamite, but that's that's a high bar. So I'm, not, that's, I'm definitely not uh, saying anything bad about the movie when I say that. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, we've alluded to it a couple times. I gotta pick it. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Uh, I, I fucking love this movie. Uh, and I love the sequel, too. I've talked about it on this show. Uh, people give the sequel shit. I love the sequel as well. Uh, but as far as, like, straight Will Ferrell comedies go, this one is probably my favorite. Um, there's just so many quotable lines. Uh, we were... I forget where we were... Uh, recently oh we were at we were out at a restaurant and somebody was like oh do you want to get a glass of milk and i was like oh milk was a bad choice just ever like <laughs> I was, oh, i'm in a glass case of emotion and just there's so many quotable lines and then the other one that i i literally say basically almost every day when my dog barks at me i look at him and i go you know I don't speak Spanish. English, please. Uh, there's just so much good shit in this. And I've seen this movie like an obscene amount of times, uh, but it is still funny every single time. Um, the whole news team is great. 
I, I love all of them, but Paul Rudd, I think, is the standout, other than Will Ferrell. I think Paul Rudd is great. And uh, the fact that this was, like, coming off of old school and Elf, and then he just, like, hits again with this, and then Talladega Nights and, like, Step Brothers. Like, Will Ferrell was on, like, a crazy streak. and But I think this one is the, the best of the bunch. Um, it's I, I just... I wish Adam McKay didn't have a foot up his ass now, like, or his own head actually up his ass. Cause this shit is so good. And I just rewatched Step Brothers like three or four weeks ago. And that movie's so fantastic. And fuck. It makes me so sad that that man has just gone downhill. Uh, but yeah, good shit. Um, I could, I could sit here and quote the movie literally all day. So I'm not going to bore you guys with that, but uh, Payson, what do you think about Anchorman? No, I love Anchorman. When Adam McKay was just making straight comedies and not trying to prove how smart he is, uh, I think he was pretty unparalleled. Um, I think props to the editor for this movie, because like famously with this movie, it didn't have like too much of a script. They would really just like tell the actors, they, they would say what the scene needed to be, what they needed to get done, and they'd really just let the actors just sort of like rip. And the fact that this movie is this funny should tell you like how great of like how perfect of an editor you have to be. Uh, Garth alluded to it. The afternoon delight scene. I don't know why that scene makes me so happy. It comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. Uh, I just love this the, and Arrested I just love Brick. I just love Brick doing the. Or is it Brick? No, it's not Brick. It's Champ that does the. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I I love Steve Carell as Brick. Um, uh, Paul Rudd as Brian Fantana. Is it is it? Uh, oh, what is it? Sixty five percent of the time it works. Fifty percent of the time. Fifty percent of the time. It's great. Every time, yeah, just so funny. Uh, Christina Applegate is great. Um, when I was a kid, the the because I I want to say I watched the movie when I was like fourteen. Or 15, which was around the time my dad, my parents were letting me see like as slightly edgier movies. My parents were a little more strict, and I just thought the "Go fuck yourself, San Diego" moment was one of the funniest things I had ever seen. My mom got a little mad as to how funny I thought it was, and my dad didn't care. But no, I I think this is a great great pick. The other great Paul Rudd line during that is, or it's not even him, but he like he sprays the cologne on and he go, and then Will goes, that smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> like just the sex pan. It's got bits of real panther in it. Uh, Kirk, what do you think? Yeah, I love this movie. And I think it's a testament to the strength of this character. When you think about it, we're like, you know, almost, you know, 20 years later and they did the sequel. He did the podcast. Like he's kind of done everything he can to run this character in the ground. But when you watch this movie, it's still hilarious. It's still such a good character. Um, and like you said, all the just all the ad lib stuff. Like I love that opening scene where they just like cut an eclipse of it before him going to the air. It's like, yeah. what's your name, Lanolin? Lanolin? Like, like the sheep's wool? Yeah, like just like little wool. things yeah. like that. Yeah, just so many throw throwaway lines. Like, and oh, you know, Audrey, like, my hair looks like hell. <laughs> Bush league. Yeah. Bushly, um, no, but yeah, the, the ensemble is so great. The four, the four of them together. Christina Applegate, I don't think gets enough credit for hanging with them. Like she's just she's funny. So funny, and I mean she's riffing just as much as they are. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a great, 
Uh, even like the supporting cast, Fred Willard, Chris Parnell. You know, Fred Willard's little sub, sub uh, subplot with his son. He's you know, <laughs> his son watching German pornography and shooting, you know, flaming arrows and everything. Um, it's just such a great little thing. Um, so, and so many little, yeah. <laughs> it's um uh, uh, oh you have it. I'm sorry, sister. Um, but just so many great moments like that. Like the, like the like the big heavy jokes are funny, but they just constantly pepper it in. Like every second, there's just like a little throwaway something to make you laugh. Um, but no, this, I'm so, I'm, I, I wanted, wasn't going to bring this up because I've talked about it a lot, and I didn't want to. Uh, you know, I want to talk about some new stuff. But I'm glad you brought it up because you know it definitely deserves to be on any kind of list like this. The Human Torch was denied a bank loan, uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. God damn it! Who put the question mark on a dollar prompt? Um, yeah, I was going to mention Fred Willard, great Canadian, uh, RIP. Uh, he, he, he is like, he's one of, he's like the one straight face in that, in that movie. He kind of has to like push everything along, but have that, like have that, that, that genuine smile that he, that he, that he always has. Um, I think the quotes that I always go back to are, uh, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. I'm not even mad. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. And, uh, the one, the other one is, uh, you, you look like a blueberry, uh, is one of, one of my favorite, favorite insults. Um, but yeah, watch the watch the bejesus out at, at, of this. Um, Afternoon Delight is great. The cameos are great. The sequel is okay, um, but I, I think it. the I think the original is yeah is just it's it's a time. What one thing I forgot to mention too is if you ever get a chance you have it, watch the uh, audio commentary because it's just Adam McKay and Wolf. Well, it starts out with just Adam McKay and Wolf Ferrell. They don't address the movie at all. It's just the two of them talking and trying to make each other laugh. And then, like, other people show up, like, David Kechner shows up a little later. And, like, they do, like, a little skit where Kechner's, like, broke and having to sell shoes to, to oh make ends meet. He didn't get paid for the movie. And then Lou Ross shows up for a little bit, and just out of nowhere. And he's there for the afternoon delight scene. He's, like, criticizing their singing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a treat. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my God. All right. Great fucking movie. If you haven't seen Anchorman, like, what are you doing with your life? Watch it. Uh, okay. So we got two spots left. Who wants to throw out another one? I'll take one. Okay, go ahead, Kirk. Um, somebody who was back in the '90s, there or back in the '80s, there's like some really weird people who were on SNL for like a season or maybe like a season and a half, and just came and went. And like you look back now, you're like, oh yeah, they were on SNL. One of those people was Randy Quaid, and so I'm gonna go with the last detail. It's a uh, Jack Nicholson movie uh, where Randy uh, Jack Nicholson and his partner. Um, Randy Quaid's been court-martialed court during the Navy. He's been court-martialed. Uh, he's basically a kleptomaniac. He got busted for stealing, so he's being taken to jail. And it's them taking him on, like, base, like, uh, and I forget who plays uh, Jack Nicholson's partner, but the two of them basically decide, hey, we get this time, you know, off base. We get to travel. We get to take this kid. Let's show him a good time. You know, he's going to be in jail for like 10 years or something like that. Let's, you know, he just, he's like an 18, he's real young. He's like 18, 20 years old. Let's just show him a good time. And it's just them going through, um, you know, they go, they go to New York, they go to Washington, D.C. Uh, in the 70s. And it's just like, like I said, just them hanging out. It's a really cool hangout movie. Them getting to know each other. Uh, them going on little adventures. And Jack Nicholson just kind of being like his like 70s anti-establishment self. Um, so again, it's, this is another one that I know a lot of people probably haven't seen. I just saw it for the first time myself a year or so ago. Um, but it's a great Jack Nicholson movie and Randy Quaid's really good at it too. Like he, like I said, he plays like this innocent dumb kid, but who also has like some like mental problems. Um, so definitely one worth checking out. Okay. 
Uh, I haven't seen it, um, but I I saw I've seen people log it before. Um, sounds interesting. Sounds like something I might like. I like Nicholson, so uh, Payson. Uh, haven't seen it. Heard great things. And what about you? Uh, I haven't even heard of it until right now. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. Anybody else who's got one more? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with one. I'll kind of I'll kind of go full circle, I guess. We were talking about holiday movies earlier, talking about animated movies earlier. Uh, and, and a person I feel like needs to be on a list for SNL alums is Adam Sandler. Um, and Adam Sandler put out a animated movie called Eight Crazy Nights. Um, and looking at his uh, filmography now, it's very much in vain of what he usually does. It's him uh, being his like angry, kind of funny self as a lead character, and then he voices all of these other caricatures. Um, it's basically him. Uh, he gets in trouble with uh, with the law, um, and it's like I forget it's like volunteers or something. But he has to, he gets to, like coach this uh, this high school high school basketball team. Um, and I think there's like, I think there's just some, like, there's some genuinely kind of sweet moments in here. Like the, the scene where he's at the mall, um, and it's like all the store things kind of talking down on him, but then they have like this card of the parent of his parents. And like, you learn that his parents hit, like his parents in the movie, like died early on. And like, I remember seeing it the first couple of times and it's like, God damn it. And Adam Stanley movie is going to make me cry here. Um, but Yeah. I like for a for a sports movie, it's 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 okay. Like a, for a holiday movie, it's great. It's got that typical kind of like kind of poop humor. I think there's something about uh, like deers pooping all over something. And there's a, there's a guy who has really long armpit hair. That that that's a joke. Um, so if you don't like Adam Sandler movies, you're probably not gonna like it. Um, but if you want a uh, you want a fun. Uh, a fun holiday movie that isn't that isn't even about Christmas, but it's more about Hanukkah than anything. Um, check this one out. Uh, I've seen this and I remember not enjoying it, and I've never checked it out again. I don't hate Adam Sandler. There's a lot of Adam Sandler movies I really like. There's a lot I really don't like. This just falls into the camp of one I'm not a big fan of. Um, uh, but I like the concept, but just not didn't. Didn't work for me. Uh, Payson? I've seen the Nostalgia Critic review of this. It doesn't look great. I have not seen it. And Kirk? I saw it when it came out. I remember like he was kind of cashing on the, the popularity of the uh, Hanukkah song. Because I think it was huge for like a couple of years when that first came out. And um, I mean, like I said, it was a cute holiday movie. Um, I saw it one time. I never really need to go back to it, but you know, kids, you know, compared to some of the other stuff, Sailor was doing this this top phase of his career. Uh, not not a bad movie. All right, uh, so that's the list. Head on over to the letterbox page to take a look at that. Um, we're gonna talk about the movie of the month for the last time this month. We're talking about Pig. Fun fact: uh, I haven't gotten to talk about this yet. I was on week one. I uh, hadn't rewatched it yet. Uh, I wasn't on the second week, and then I unexpectedly last minute was not on last week's show, so um, I didn't get to talk about it. But I got to rewatch it. I love this movie. Um, we have I've talked about it on this show before when it came out, 
um i i absolutely loved it and uh i i i kind of championed it around the community and i think a lot of people with me were doing that um it, it, it's just a great friggin' movie i i got to see it in the theater it was one of my favorite theater experiences last year i think nicholas cage is phenomenal in the movie um just from beginning to end i think his performance is heartbreaking and emotional and and just really really excellent um uh this falls into that camp to me of like what i was talking about a few weeks ago with tar where it's like a movie where you're thrown into a world and you don't really get explained a lot about how the world works and you just kind of figure it out as you're watching the movie and i love that that you're just thrown into this like uh food world without being told like every little detail of how things work or like I don't even know what a fucking truffle is like straight up. Like, I don't know what a like I've never had a truffle like, but I get the, I get the gist from the movie and that's my point. Um, so a fantastic movie. I really like, is it, is it Alex Wolf in this one or Nat Wolf? Uh, Alex, Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. I like him a lot in the movie. Um, the guy who plays his dad, who I can't think of the name of at this moment, um Adam, yes yes i really like his performance um it, it, it's just a really really great emotional movie there's a lot of stuff it, like the, the the part that i always think back to is like when alex wolf says like why did we do all this if you can just like find truffles yourself and he just says like because I love her like that just is the moment that like hits me every time it's like he just loved this this animal it was his friend and it was you know that's it's so emotional and it's it's a great fucking movie um I'm tur I've turned into Mike Hanley Jesus Christ uh so um Payson you talked about it last week correct okay, yes Okay. Oh, and I would give it five stars, by the way. Uh, Kirk, have you talked about it yet? I have not. Okay, go for it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I I love movies that take something that is basically in, in real life just kind of mundane and invents a seedy underbelly around it. Uh, and I just love that idea of how like there's almost like a like a mafia element to the restaurant uh, community in the Pacific Northwest. And how you know they have like this underground waiters fight club and everything. Um, it it's hard because I, I appreciate everything about that's about all the, you know the grief and all all the themes. But I have so much fun with those parts of it that kind of part of me wishes it would have leaned into that, especially having Nick Cage there. Like I kind of wish it would have been like more of a Cage movie. And you know people sell it. You know you hear people sell it as like the. Uh, 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 John Wick with Nick Cage and a pig in restaurants, and it's not really that. But part of me wishes it was that because I think that's a fun movie in its in its own right. Uh, that said, I appreciate everything it's about. Uh, the other thing I love when movies do is that they when they're just about a passion, somebody's passion for something, and they really take what they love uh, and just really just express that on film. And I love Nick Cage, and that's what I love about uh, Alex Wolf there. Uh, his character is kind of like the audience insert and having all this explained to him and being made to understand why this means so much to Nicolas Cage. Um, and just his his character arc, uh, Alex Wolf's, and the um, the relationship with the dad, his relationship with his dad, 
and you know the the, the ending of the movie and how it comes ties back into the the, the mother and the, you know the grief they're dealing with and the grief that Nicolas Cage is dealing with. So um, yeah, it's it's a really solid movie. Uh, like I said, I'm torn on it because I I like everything it's about, but I wish also wish there was a separate movie that was about those other things too. What would you give it, Kirk? I think I gave it three and a half. Okay, Brooklyn. Uh, so yeah, I've for the first time being on on logged it. I have I've seen the movie of the month. Um, so before we get into anything, truffles are a, are a, are a very expensive mushroom uh, that is used heavily in fine dining. Uh, the price of uh, of black truffle right now uh, is three hundred ninety eight dollars a pound. Uh, if you wanted to get one the size of a golf ball, it's about forty bucks. Um, so it is a very lucrative industry if you can get if you can get into it um but i did like this movie the things that i really liked about it is that as you go through nick cage's adventure you see all the you see all these restaurants and like a lot of it's like we we owe a debt to you um for for what what you've done and i really like that relationship because that's that's very accurate in a way um, in the way the restaurants have, have a, have a relationship with their, with their producers and like this making sure that you get every, like the best stuff, like the best stuff possible. Um, what I don't like about this is more so my own kind of opinions, like in restaurants in general. So like the second scene, like when the chef is there and talking about like, Oh, well, like um, like your truffles are are like are the big cons are the big thing around this new menu for the winter and like I got so annoyed with that because like right now, right now in fine dining like truffles are used excessively to the point where it's like you're almost just there for truffles you're not really there to to explore anything else. Um, I didn't like I don't know I didn't like the ending of it I guess but I, I I'd also like I'd like to see it again on rewatch I just. I found it was like okay, they died. Like he died, and then you're just kind of like sitting there, accept, sitting there accepting us, and like it definitely makes sense. But I just I don't know. I'm weird with movies that I just kind of like. I almost want that like resolve that that happy ending. Yeah. But otherwise, else uh, a great food movie that shows uh, that shows yeah the truffles uh, truffles you don't you don't fuck with them you don't fuck with uh, you don't fuck with pigs that can, that can sniff out hundreds if not thousands of dollars. And what would you give it, Brooklyn? Uh, I would give this a three. Okay. All right. Uh, good shit. So, uh, guys, that is it uh, for Logged It for the rest of the year. So, no poll, no nothing for the movie of the month yet. Uh, we'll be back in January with polls and stuff and topics for probably the first few months of the year. Um, so I'm very excited for that. I want to thank, uh, everybody who was on the show this year. We've had some, some really great episodes, just like looking through the lists and the movies of the month and stuff. We've, we've talked about a bunch of crazy shit. Like we started the year talking about disaster movies. Um, that was nine months ago and that was, you know, just a lot of fun where, like we we talked about that shit and then we've we've done remakes soundtracks romance uh we've done best actors and actresses working today we did three guilty pleasure episodes like we've just had a lot of fun this season and so i want to thank you guys for watching um and uh we'll be back next time and also uh tomorrow night yls top 100 uh scenes continues kirk how far are you guys into the show um actually we're taking off tomorrow night because of the holiday 
we will uh, be back next week with into the top 30. Top 30. You, you Americans celebrating Thanksgiving a month late. Like, just get it over with in October. And then you have all this time to focus on. Well, I mean, remember it's on, on, on November 11th, but then Christmas. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so we'll, we'll be back next week for top 30. So then uh, they'll close that out the next three weeks. So uh, originally we had this planned. So we were all ending around the same time, but you, you <laughs> YLS people, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so be sure to check that out. And then, like I said, we got a number one contenders match in fan zone coming up this week. We also have uh, a lot of fandom and war zone stuff coming up as we head into the final act and game of factions. So lots of good shit coming up. Be on the lookout. We'll see you guys real soon uh, with more stuff. Thank you guys for watching all year long. We'll see you next year. Bye. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening.